Hello and welcome to the Nightcap. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of August. Myself and Paul, as always, upstairs at Salt, having a coffee and a catch-up in amongst one of the busiest periods of Paul's career. But I think all seems to be going pretty well, mate. How's things? You all right? It's going Surviving? well. I'm just shattered, really. Yeah. I've got a bit of a cold come on yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah, it just hit me. I was going on the train early doors. And I was like, oh, my sinuses feel scratchy. Yeah, yeah. I felt fine. It's like, so that's it. I'll get a cold. It's that then. classic like run-down feeling of like just... Burn, yeah, yeah, it comes, ends. I think because I've had my tonsils out, my throat feels oh, yeah. scratchy first and then my sinuses. So if I feel an itch in that, I know I'm getting one, but I feel fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, it's almost like predicting the weather, like yeah. getting the, the gopher oh, out or I something. I hate that feeling though, that like pre, like you know it's coming. Oh uh, yeah, I was waiting all day for it and just felt like shit last night yeah, on the yeah. train back. But um, yeah, other than that, just a bit shattered here back and forward from London. Yeah, and, of course. Um, but no, I think very happy with where we're at for now yeah, you know yeah. considering we're we did three soft openings last week which one of which you came to yeah, yeah. and last so they had, the guys had sunday monday off yeah. and then last night we did um like a bit of an offer night exclusive night for this app called one zone um and it was like an opening launch for us 50 percent off for their members um, so it's a proper awesome. test for the guys filled the restaurant and turned a few tables and so we're officially open today to the public wow i'm not there and you're yeah. sat here on a microphone <laughs> you know i'm not operational there as such I've, I, that's been the most difficult thing being down there and holding yeah, back yeah. and letting them do it because you've, you've well even though you're heavily involved in the business side too you're, it's still mainly the, the food and the you know the suppliers the menu that sort of side rather than the day-to-day -day of like who's doing what where yeah exactly and it's part of you know my growth over the past few years and it's like intentionally I'm becoming, I'll always be a chef, but my target now is being a restaurateur mm -hmm. more than I am a chef. So sure. you've got to step back. I can't get too much into the nitty gritty there. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I step away because I've got obviously responsibilities here and other things on. Mm. And then they're like, oh shit, where's, where's Paul five days in? Yeah, that's a tough transition actually. We've not really sort of <laughs> talked about that too much, but it's, uh, um, we always, we love, we love a sporting analogy on here, but it's like, you know, when you know, managers, in football they're not often now the coach all the time yeah. they might have the philosophy or like the but the mm. coaches are the implementation they're not on the, the training ground no. you know doing all putting the, the cones yeah. out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's a very Pushing different job um it, it which is. is what you're experiencing now i guess it is and i've been doing it gradually as you're <clears> aware here stepping away because i knew grassford was coming up and again part of just you know me wanting sort of a lifestyle change anyway and again to be a restaurateur here it's hard and it's more about my identity than anything else because <laughs> past 24 years 25 years nearly my whole identity has been wrapped up as a chef yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like well you're not as much of a chef anymore yeah sure That's, i'll always be one obviously yeah, yeah, but course, yeah. now i want to be more of a restaurateur than, yeah, yeah. than a chef and yeah Fair. and that you you can't you can't do both yeah, really yeah. so you can't be in the nitty-gritty no sure all the time it's a different game yeah so you've got to be you know you know, it's concepts, it's menus, it, it's um, running the business, being tactical, being over it and not being too too much in it. And trying mm. to find that balance is different because the balance here is different to grass-fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. I suppose also it's like the sort of looking further ahead because whilst like, you know, Laura downstairs, for example, will be planning things for next week and, you know, doing orders to get produce in and whatever, it's very much the, the classic in the shit, the day-to-day, -day, what's, you know, what, yeah. this service now. 
Whereas in the restaurateur's mindset, it's, you know, in three months time, you know, six months time, it's a completely different sort of mindset. Exactly. And it's more, you know, you're working more heavily with the marketing and the PR and it's about trying to, I've always been as a chef driving revenue, you know, which is what I want from the guys like Jack up here, Laura downstairs, driving revenue. How can we make the people in the business spend the money? Yeah. It's not their responsibility to get them in. And now I've got to look at more getting them in as well as just when they're here. So operating, I've always been very good at getting money out of people and giving them value. But then you've got to look, like you said, a few months ahead, you know, what's coming up? How can Mm -hmm. we attract them and, you know, yeah, speak, yeah. That's exciting though, because you're like it's a new, it's sort of new chapter without being a cliche, but it is because it's like yeah, a new yeah, journey, new things to learn, all those yeah, sorts of things. It is, and you know, a lot. I've always wanted people to grow in this business, and I wouldn't have grown, or they wouldn't have grown if I'd have stayed in the same place. Yeah, yeah, hundred so. percent. That's so exciting. Well, we'll, we'll touch on grass fed a little bit more because obviously, as you said, me and Haley went down there for one of the soft launches. Um, and it was great. I've been to Camden a couple of times before, but that whole area is just such a great. It's a perfect landing spot for this yeah. venture like you can yeah i think you just so. get that when before we would even got to the front door and knew exactly where it was mm. and we knew we were in the rough area straight away we looked look at each other like this is ideal for this yeah for, for oh, those good. that know that know about you and will seek this out but for those that will stum- stumble upon it and go oh my god this is incredible it fits in place you perfect think? yeah, yeah oh, it's good to hear yeah. yeah so good the food was obviously amazing the produce we had the guys from Orby Allen sat. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 which was really sweet. But it was obviously great because he knew all that. You know, yeah. he knew everything that was going on the barbecue and everything. But it's just what what I sort of love about that style of food, anyway. Is yeah, it's it's sort of it's not like fast food, obviously, but it's quick. But it's just so ingredients led, unfussy in some ways. Yeah, but that is great because it's just so like there's no hiding place. You know, if it, bad produce would would look would it would like be obvious yeah so yeah. it's just like there's the yeah there amazing. is nothing to hide behind no exactly so the, the philosophy wise in terms of great produce not manipulated it falls kind of in line with salt mm. obviously salt is a lot more refined and yes um, yeah. you know, the, the, the style goes in a very different way but the first onset is it has to be great produce you know yeah, yeah. great food you know you mm-hmm. need great ingredients yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. The bavetta beef we had was amazing. That so- the sausage, uh, the hot dog, sorry. Oh, yeah. That was incredible. Hey, yeah, we had so that one. Aubrey Allen, have, I've worked on them. We had that, like, worked on them, like, last summer with that, yeah, with yeah. Lewis from Aubrey Allen, and got the recipe and size right, and that's just for us. Nobody else has allowed it, but oh, it's pure really? beef. Wow. Yeah, a few little bits in there, and just, and I just wanted it, the texture. I didn't want a frankfurtery texture. Yeah, yeah. I wanted more, because they do amazing sausages, Aubrey mm. Allen. I wanted... Sure that texture that they got not hard not crumbly yeah. not mushy or like a frankfurter just like what that was and just beefy oh. fatty and then we toast the burning beef fat yeah yeah well, truffle got- mayo it's just indulgent tasty it still has to represent a hot dog in terms yeah. of that indulgent messy pick it up with your hands yeah, yeah, get, yeah, get, yeah. Get, get involved with yeah, it yeah. and a bit a bit fatty but i didn't yeah. want it just you know, there's a hot dog and there's a hot dog yeah, yeah. and we're not Absolutely. taking it into the stratosphere of being some crazy yeah. funky thing on a yeah, fancy restaurant yeah, yeah. that just tasty as fuck you, it's all, you you want that sort of person that is used to football match hot dogs to come in and still recognize that it's a hot dog but yeah, realize that it's fact, better yeah. than a yeah than a, you know it's a good one you know simple again like toasting yeah. it in beef fat good sausage truffle mayonnaise pickled shallot and yeah. crispy onions yeah that's it it's, oh, it's perfect 
It's not hard, but all it's those, tasty. I love the idea of also the, because you've got all the little sauces and stuff as little extras. Yeah. But they are great and they add so much to it because mm. what we were discussing is, so Hayley had the hot dog, I had the vet beef, then we got some like the, the beef fat potatoes, the cabbage with like the nuts and oh, tofu yeah, yeah, and stuff, which is lovely. And that, because it looks so beautifully, uh, beautiful when it's charred like mm. that. It's just that perfect crunchy like mm. then you've got a couple of little pots of like we had that the herby ketchup oh the green herb ketchup which is yeah. what we do we do here same recipe yeah yeah exactly but what's really nice in, and something I didn't think about until there is like it all interacts with each other yeah so like a little mouthful of a beef fat potato with the herb ketchup but then a bavetta beef with this like all yeah. these different little combinations I'll try that with that like in a bit of a snacky sort of like yeah, yeah, experimental Almost way. a bit grazy in that sense. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah Which I wasn't necessarily wanted. imagining for some reason until I got there and realised how interactive it all was, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm never going to be one of those chefs that dictates customers how to eat, but you want it. I didn't want it to have its original, uh, traditional form of their starters, that's mains, yeah. that's desserts. And yeah, we don't yeah. do desserts. It's all of it. You could order a starter and a main type thing, or you could just order several bits yeah, yeah. all at the same time and it all be sharing and all go together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I, I thought it was so, so unique, so cool. And I mean, the price as well is extremely reasonable for what you're getting and yeah. the level of service. Because I mean, the amount, there was a lot of staff and mm. that, but that felt, you know, because it's quite a small place, but yeah. you felt so well attended. Too, oh, because there's so many yeah. people around. Yeah. So you felt like you were, in, you know, just in. Because even though it's fast paced in a way, you don't. Yeah. You're not like in a place where it's like you're in and out because they've got so many people to get through. Yeah. Like you still has that restauranty, like. Yeah. You know, similar to Salt, like that care of like yeah. someone always available to come and help you out. And that's know? what we want exactly. It's a small place. There will be less staff. We were overstaffed in Sure, I thought that might be the case. Yeah. Yeah, because we wanted those softs. We wanted everyone to experience it and learn. Yeah. And yeah. then. And it was busy, so it was all a bit crazy. Yeah. But no, we still want that level of care and attention. Yeah. You know, again, different style of service to here, but the care and attention has to be the same, has to be there. Definitely. Yeah. The theatre of the barbecue as well is just awesome. I oh, mean, yeah, it's great. But it's a re- you do get spoiled when you're sat at the pass. Where well, that's we why were. I put you there. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we were like, oh, this is the best seat in the house here. But. Well, how many times we spoke about it before? We both love bar dining yeah. and kitchen fallow. Yeah. sat in the same place as me. I thought, exactly, yeah, yeah. you love it there. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, if you're into that, because obviously you could go and sit in a, in the corner or you could mm. do it, but if you're into that and like me and Hayley could talk to each other, but then also to the guys cooking when they had a second, mm. you know, and they would they were good at judging that. But then there's also other couples around. Just yeah. all that shared, that's just part of the fun for me personally. Yeah. It might be for everyone, but for me, that is and part of it. And it's there as soon as you're in. <laughs> so like you hit that atmosphere straight away. Yeah. Upstairs is a, did you see upstairs? Didn't did you go up? No, actually. So, yeah, I have to have a look next time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, come for the launch. So we'll oh, yeah. Different sort of feel, same decor, but it's a little bit more intimate because there's not all the energy in the kitchen. So yeah, cool. a bit like here in a way, we've got the front room and the, the main room that got different sort of atmospheres. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah, so it's, it's nice to nice oh, to have. It's so exciting. I mean, and, and this, even though it was obviously a soft launch in terms of like, you know, we were very lucky that you were just sorting us out. Mm. It felt like a fully fledged restaurant already. Oh, good. Do, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it did. That's like, what you want to wear. Even the menus, even the you know, knowledge of some of the wine and stuff. Like, it was all there. Oh, good. So, yeah, good you're, you're been... far down the line. Good. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm happy with where we're at, to be honest. Like, yeah, you know, the, the guys have done four services together in the kitchen mm-hmm. and I was there last night and we were full and, you know, they were communicating really well. Um, you know, there's tweaks that we need to make, of course, but that's not, they're making mistakes. That's, yeah. okay, we know where we've got to keep moving moving forward like yeah. always forward always 
you know, tweak? How can we be better? Yeah. But I'm very happy with where they're at already. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, you should be. It's really exciting. I, I honestly implore anyone to go, especially if you're in London, but even if you're not and you're going down to see a show or whatever, make it part of your visit. And that's the other thing. It's like, if you came to Salt, or it, that's your main event of the night, if you yeah. come to Salt. Whereas you, the fact that you could go to a grass-fed and see a show in the same day, eat comfortably. Oh, yeah, you don't have really to spend the whole hard. night. You, yeah. can, you can eat an hour. Um, we don't, small tables, there will be an hour and a half sitting, which mm. is... Yeah, more than amicable with no desserts. Um, you know, bigger tables, two hours will give. But yeah. you know, you could come in, have a great meal in an hour, an hour and a half, and yeah. then you've still got the rest of the night exactly. or you, the rest of the you, day. You've still had a good foodie experience if you're into that and got yeah. your fix of that whilst being able to go and see your mates at night or go, go to a show Camden or do whatever. Or, yeah. 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 So cool. Looking forward to the proper launch. So that's this next Tuesday, right? Um yes, next yeah. Tuesday the eighth. Yeah. Excellent. Have you got a big is it a big big old shindig is it yes yeah, in industry generally um just a bit of a party all the furniture will be out we'll do some food like nice. that you can stand around and eat oh that's cool just make a bit of a party a bit of a buzz and just yeah really sort of celebrate the opening in a nice. sense yeah oh, i can't wait everyone loves a party mm. <laughs> who doesn't it's also at the weekend i mean you were down there we sort of didn't we didn't see each other and we sort of no. crossed paths i was we were in that brewery a couple of doors down from you from yeah. grass-fed i'd pop there to meet my mom yeah, yeah. so yeah. we were upstairs were upsta- uh, so we might have literally Literally been upstairs when you were down. You must have been. I was there not for long, quarter yeah. five till five. Yeah. Out they were sat right out the front. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so we, we would have been parked upstairs having a few beers at that point. But um Yeah. But yeah but that's a cool spot. Really cool. But yeah. that's again, you're you're nestled in amongst loads of other really great mm. places you just want to hang out. So it's an ideal situation. Uh, but also part of that weekend you had the five side tournament, Farm yeah. Africa, oh, London edition. Non stop. <laughs> yeah, so it was a bit of a crazy one. So I was there but not in on Saturday and I left the guys to it. I had to go back Friday night, pick the kids up. Saturday morning, bring the kids down. Mm. They wanted to see grass fed, so I showed them around. Yeah. And then we went for afternoon tea. And then, um, yeah, we had the Farm Africa football the next day, which, awesome. yeah, yeah, the Shoreditch one at the Power League, which was a great day. Lawston Place won Ben Murphy's team. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Cornerstone to were in the final with them. And yeah. um, both good sides, but it was 3 0, but not, it was one of those 3 0s where it's like that was a tight 3 yeah. 0. <laughs> on paper, it looks bad. More competitive than the yeah. rest of the day because it's suddenly the final. It matters a bit more. Exactly. So James, who's the head chef of Cornerstone, was the captain, mm. and then Tom Brown was in Portugal. He's on. He was on a stag do. So I phoned, had a chat with him, <laughs> and then he was watching them on the final on Facetime. No way. That's so funny. <laughs> That's great. Like what? Like uh, Jose Mourinho has been banned from the stands. So he has to watch it on a TV. <laughs> yeah, That's it was like great. that. Success, I imagine. Then it yeah, raised up, loads, of money, loads of money, and I've got to say, one of the biggest fun fundraisers was Esme fundraisers was yeah Esme. she really? was fucking superb like <laughs> really? honestly so they they come down and they you know Esme loves helping and I just thought it was a good thing for them to be involved hmm. wanted them to have fun and we made a weekend of London but I thought it's a good lesson for them be involved with charity and see why I do it yeah, yeah. Like, they know all about Farm Africa and my trips out to Tanzania and Kenya and stuff so mm-hmm. I thought let's try and get them involved and, yeah, yeah, nice. and Esme loves being involved in stuff like that so I said, I'll give her the bucket. I was like, do you want to sell raffle tickets? So we have amazing prizes. Everyone yeah. gives some great, great dinners and things. Um, she was a bit shy at first. So she had the bucket and the raffle things. And it was £10 a strip or £2 a ticket. And she's a bit shy at first. And I was helping. I was like, just tap on the show. I said, do you want to buy a raffle ticket? After the first one, 
she was a savage. Really? She was just, boom, everyone, everyone. And then, because we were up the pitch and then there was lockers much further down, these, I think the first one was James from Cornerstone. He was like, oh, my, my locker's in my wallet. Now, if I was going around, I, <laughs> as a grown man, you could easily just pass them off. But yeah, as a yeah. young girl, these <laughs> big six foot four men. And she was going up to them by herself. Going, yeah, she's going on her own, like, excuse me, do you want to buy a racket? <laughs> but the best thing was, this is what was just yeah. fucking brilliant. They were like, oh, my, lock, my wallet's down there. It's like, okay, what's your name? <laughs> So she what? wrote their name on her arm. <laughs> and she ended up, she had 19 names on her arm, like all over it. She had more, more ink on her than some of the chefs there. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was crossing them off as she was going. She's like, oh, just going back to him, James. Oh, you've not paid yet. And then she went and got them at one point, dragged them, brought them all the way to the woman with the card machine. Oh my God. And uh, she was like, yeah, you still need to pay. And she got all of them. Fair and then play. halfway through, because we had a microphone down the end. <laughs> and then she was like, Daddy, can I go on the microphone to call these names out? <laughs> Calm it down. What is going on? This is incredible. Yeah, she was just like wow. a little, little debt collector. It was wow. Brilliant. She was just on it, on it. She could be an accountant or something. And the, older. The, most, the most savage one where I had to like pull her back and be like, leave, leave him alone. <laughs> After the semi final, like the pitch had emptied, there was one lad in the middle and he was gutted because they'd lost and he was injured. I yeah. can't remember what team he played for, but he was just there and he looked pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Esme straight on the pitch. <laughs> She's like, your name here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 10 year old girl this going is to amazing. a grown man in the middle of the floor injured and getting she's like you still need to pay <laughs> that is incredible so like, like, Esme come here leave him just just leave him she's like but it's like, no, we'll get him in a bit don't worry but, thank you I appreciate oh, your effort wow, but fair play just give her. him a minute we raised on the <laughs> raffle tickets there's pr- roughly the same amount of people there as Birmingham who raised loads more on raffle tickets. She was responsible for a few hundred extra quid. Yeah, that easily. you might not have got if she wasn't there. And I suppose no. also like without Because people like, I'm a grown man to yeah. a grown man. They'd be like, oh no. Yeah, right, mate. I, yeah. Grown men can't say no to a 10-year-old girl. No, no, no. Who's like with a bucket. like. <laughs> and by herself, it's not like you're stood behind her like trying to encourage her. She's just no. doing it off her own back. Off, yeah. That yeah, is amazing. Like, yeah, and then we did the crossbar challenge and Ethan was like, you know, on there, like we line up five balls, yeah. crossbar, who hit it the most won. And then if it was equal, it was like time limit. Ethan's there running up, getting all the balls, lining them all up. And oh, so they were proper involved. That's it was so really cool. Good that's day. really rewarding as well. For yeah. Them to and be... they loved it. They had their Farm Africa t-shirts on and uh, yeah, right. they were well happy. That sounds great. Wow. I mean, there's something in that with her. God, there's a career. What would it be? Is it an accountant? A sales well, I need person? to get her in here upselling. Yeah. <laughs> Like the most expensive wine, or like yeah. you know, some whiskey. Just she'll write their name down on her on her arm. I took but, a fo- I took a photo of her hand when she just started doing it. She had these names on her. It's brilliant. And yeah, we're talking oh, like big, play. big, burly, grown men who she like wasn't afraid. Yeah, not afraid to approach them. Like tap, 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 <laughs> looking up. <laughs> Fair play, as mate. She's a ledge. That is yeah. incredible. That's amazing. We've got loads of stuff, actually, to bring up today. We've got a few bits of correspondence. Ben actually messaged us with a quick question, which I thought okay. was really cool. I've not seen this yet, but he said, Hi, chaps. Loving the podcast. Thanks for introducing me to Fallow through your various chats about it. I'm hoping to book in this summer. Just wondered if either of you have come across the Fallow YouTube channel. Really interesting and innovative channel with POV videos of chefs in service with a GoPro attached to their front. Uh, lots of other really cool, insightful videos in the restaurant world. I've not seen any other restaurants doing anything quite like this. And it's a really bold move by Fallow to be so open and honest with behind-the-scenes stuff as to be accountable for their methods and health and safety and those sorts of things. Very refreshing. 
In my gap year, I worked as a chef at a Michelin star restaurant, but now work in a completely different industry. So it's cool to be behind the line again through these videos. No specific question here. Just thought it'd be interesting to hear Paul's thoughts on things like this in the industry and whether he'd ever consider doing something similar. Thanks for your message, Ben. Really interesting. I'm not seeing yeah, that I hadn't from heard of over. it. But then randomly, I saw they've got up to 100,000 subscribers now on their YouTube. Wow, so, so it's doing something just coincidentally, right. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, it's doing something right. But mm. um, I mean, obviously, they've got an open kitchen anyway, so you can't hide too much. Yeah, yeah. But did he mean, because I've not watched it, they're actually on the chefs or yeah. are they on the pass? I got, I've got the impression that it's on the chefs so as they move around. So you what see what the hands are doing. And, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. which is, which is great. You know, it's yeah. a great open policy because mm. you'll see more than you would in an open kitchen. Yeah, you really. Yeah, but absolutely. It just it gives customers a lot of confidence that you know we're not afraid to show anything. Yeah, definitely. same as here. We've got an open kitchen. It's not completely open. There's bits around the back, but you know you need that you know open policy. It brings there's a bit of trust. Yeah, the transparency. Yeah, so people like that. And also yeah. anyone who's like interested, there's almost a bit of empathy there as well. Especially you find such a difference when it's closed off and you're completely out of the way, or like they're doing with the cameras and things like. If you don't have any of that, there's a disconnect. And if there's a bit of a, you know, what customers sometimes think is a delay, they can easily get angry. But if you can see people there are busy, mm. they're like, oh, they're not stood about doing for call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you exactly. can watch them on YouTube. They're busy in what they're doing. There's an empathy for what people are doing, I think. Yeah, yeah, so, so it true. builds a connection between customer and kitchen. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to use another football analogy. Go on then. We've been crying out for, you know, like VAR. We just, yeah. want, to, we just want to hear the conversations. Oh, God. Don't yeah. we? And yeah. I think that even if. Like loads of times that people complain about VAR now, but it's because we don't know what, it's like, well, okay, well, they've reached a decision. We know there is some subjectivity within football. Yeah. There has to be because, you know, it's like bang, bang, isn't it? The, you know, the replays only show so much. There's context to everybody. There's nuances. We just want to hear the conversation between yeah, the, get- the, the people in the truck and the ref on the pitch. And then at least we might go, ah, oh, I get why they did that. So it, that transparency straight away just wins so us over broad. as fans. They do it in cricket and rugby. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. like, And it's worse when you're in the ground. You have a little bit of an idea watching on telly with football, not much. Mm. But if you're in the ground... Mm. Just what's going on. Exactly. Well, Especially because you don't... On telly, you're seeing replays. You're like, oh, they must be looking at that. In the ground... A lot of them don't have big screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, what are they? What are they doing? Hundred percent. So I don't know whether you've. I mean, you might not have done because it's rubbish times because it's in Australia. But currently, the Women's World Cup is on. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, England China, we won six one. Yeah. Wa- watch the game. There was a VAR incident with Lucy Bronze. Mm. Um, handball. Yeah. The ref goes to the side of the pitch. She looks at the monitor, watches it. You hear her conversation with the truck. Oh, then it gets right. even better. She turns around, comes onto the pitch. She goes onto a mic to the stadium. Wow. And goes, right, I'm giving a handball. I believe that her arm was in an unnatural position, so I'm going to give a penalty. But no yellow card, because I don't think it was intentional, but it stopped the ball from going to its desired destination. Fair and to the, to the whole oh, crowd. Yeah. We can't do like, that in men's football, then. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I don't know. But it was the first time it's been tried, but I was like... Oh, right, this must be a Must trial. be, maybe, yeah. So I don't know whether it would happen this coming, probably, no, in the Premier League, like three years' time, but that yeah. made it so much more engaging. But yeah. also like, oh, fair play. She's given a reason. Like, yeah, yeah, like, fair enough. Even yeah. if I disagree with it, like, at least I can Majority see her... Majority of the people would be happy with that. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, you've explained yeah. your case. Yeah. So then going back to this, similar with, you know, restaurant and that transparency, it just builds trust, but also like, like you say, empathy with what the chefs are doing and the, the craft involved. But then it's like, 
oh, this sounds so cliche, but like, it make, in my mind, it makes the food and the experience taste better because you know how the sausage is made. Yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, cool. yeah, you're right. You don't have to be a geek in food to want to no, know a bit more it's about that. An extension of the story that the front of house are delivering to the to the customer as well. Yeah, of yeah. like, you can see what's happening and the processes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to check it out actually. <laughs> Next conversation with Laura downstairs. Got a GoPro. We're going to attach it to your head all night. How do you feel about Imagine that? Imagine that on your head. <laughs> but you forget. You forget to love when you dip to the loo. Oh, yeah. fuck. You look like that train guy. What's his name? Francis. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah with the fishbowl look. Yeah. Looks like a looks like a giant sperm, doesn't he? With his eyes. Like. Uh, what else we got here? We got. Uh, oh, we got another message from Danielle Hillary. She sent us an article that was published in the Mail Online about a Notting Hill restaurant. Um, it was really interesting, this. Obviously, I mean, anything that gets published on the Daily Mail, I mean, this has got thousands of comments, millions of views, loads of shares. Strakers in Notting Hill. It's a small restaurant. Uh, they posted a video, uh, a photo, sorry, of their, all their chef, all the kitchen, out in front of the, the restaurant. There's uh, seven of them. Mm. And uh, they are all sort of like that classic middle-aged white man yeah, and this article basically shone a light on potentially there being issues with the industry and diversity, and they, they were sort of singled out really for not employing women or people from different backgrounds. Yeah, but it's uh, it's a potentially a bit of a stretch. Like a lot of people push back on this, being a bit like, "Well, it's a small restaurant. I'm not sure this is a yeah." And again, fair the biggest thing. biggest sort of issue for me was. There was no context, no information, no evidence, no anything. Yeah. It was literally a photo of these guys and like they're all the same height and same everything. Yeah. And that was all the information had to go on. So it, I just don't feel they deserve that pile on whatsoever. Yeah. Again, like you said, it's seven people. Yeah, it's a small it's sample. One, yeah. one little restaurant, tiny, small independent restaurant. He yeah. owns it with his business partner. Small independent. It's yeah. not. It's not the BBC. It's not the government. It's... Well, not public sector. Yeah, exactly. Even the Melissa, who I think at least contributed to part of this article, said, I don't begrudge this dude for the staff he hired because a small place hires friends, contacts, good people you know with impressive resumes. People you've worked with. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. So, so the fact that seven people could also be of the same colour skin as you, regardless of what that is, is, yeah. is a, f- a fluke. Could yeah. be. And the amount of comparisons that have been drawn, I was looking through the thread and I, I commented with a few people as well. And you know what people sort of forgetting as well, he's only just opened. I, yeah. It can't be that long. I met his business partner, uh, Soho House, back in September and they weren't open. So they've been open a lot less than a year. You know, although, you know, like London is a cultural, you know, really diverse, multicultural place. It's brilliant. Mm. But when you're opening up and nobody knows you, mm. he's he's really popular on Twitter, uh, TikTok. Yeah, but. Yeah. That's just people watching him do videos of butter. He wasn't industry famous. Yeah. Nobody in the industry knew who he was. I didn't. Sure. In terms of like all of the, the guys out there. So he, he probably, again, I'm assuming, wasn't getting many people through the door. A bit like grass-fed. Yeah. I had three chefs come for the job. Yeah, three yeah, chefs yeah. got the job. Yeah, which considering, you know, again, a multicultural like, city, yeah. London, uh, a chef affiliated with Michelin and that, you know, stuff. Yeah. You, you, You'd think you'd get even more yeah, applicants, wouldn't you? Exactly, yeah. And um, no, it, it was just a challenge, and because it hadn't existed yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the other shame of it as well was, I think people were only looking skin deep. Mm. So I, I follow their TikTok, and they're really good with the team. 
and they get it's not just him on there like I do this I do that it gets all of his members of the team this is my favourite dish on the menu they make the dish that's cool a lot of them are all European as well so yes they're white guys I'm but, sure yeah it's not like know, they're all from his mates from London that he's always known or whatever exactly so you know you could look at it and say it's not diverse because they're all white or you could say it is more culturally diverse because you've got a guy from Italy and a guy from France yeah. but completely different cultural upbringings and yeah. different food inspirations that they're bringing to the, to the table so yeah. you know if you had you know for argument's sake a black guy and a white woman and um, an Asian man all grown up around Notting Hill went to school together and got the job which one is more culturally diverse? Yeah, sure. Yeah, good point. Really? Yeah. So I think you just have to, people have to look at these things deeper. It's yeah, social yeah. media, I just don't think it's deserved the pile on. And ultimately... It feels like an easy target because that, that photo of eight white guys out of yeah. outside the front and then you, you put all that jargon around it, it's easy to dress that up to look like some sort of racist establishment. Exactly. Which is way too strong a way thing too strong. to say. Yeah, um, no, nobody... Don't nobody know him. Knows it is, and nobody <laughs> in there has any evidence of it actually being that yeah, way, or, exactly. or being refused a job because they're of a particular race or culture. Um, but you know, for me, I think all we can do is, as long as you are, you know, you're making yourself friendly, approachable, an attractive place to work, and you treat your staff properly. There's not much more you can do, no. and then you hire the best that comes through the door. Yeah, ultimately, yeah, you know, and you could, I mean, you could do direct comparisons of many restaurants around the area of even that sort of Notting Hill area and they'll be much more diverse but this is you know it's brand new and it's a tiny restaurant yes yeah. yeah I just I just don't it's, think it was fair yeah I think it was I think it was harsh and it's the Daily Mail so I'm not <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna phrase things to be yeah. really like um you know full of drama aren't they but there's there's room for a conversation about like unconscious bias in, yeah. in, in all not just this industry though which again was a bit of a shame because it's like this industry takes so much knocks all the time yeah can we stop trying to find even more but it's like mm. unconscious bias exists and having these conversations is good to an extent anyway because at least it makes people more aware of oh maybe there is an underlying thing yeah. that i wasn't aware of that's healthy fine. conversations yeah yeah, yeah exactly. but it's conversations not attacking someone yeah. and that's what this was based on yeah. you know they're kind of trying to base it all on the narrative that they've created which is all all come through assumption yeah um which is is just not fair yeah, let's you know more. i'm always open to those conversations i think they're really important yeah, yeah. but like, let's you know we need to stop the attacking yeah. but the, the key is i think and what we have to do we have to create opportunity for everybody right of course especially in this industry but the one thing they'll, they'll never add up like opportunity um like equal opportunity and equality of outcome will never balance mm-hmm. as long as you're giving everybody an equal opportunity you're in we're all in the right place right yeah. the you know the sort of equality of outcome is going to be different mm-hmm. you know it's hard to measure that and look at the data it's much more accurate to look at the data of are we giving everybody the fair chance. fair chance yeah absolutely you know the best people will and should always get the job yeah of regardless. course it's not about that it's about the opportunity of getting yeah of applying and about giving them a chance and being listened to yeah not so, not getting hired if you're not qualified yeah you know? we can't judge people on the outcome i think we need to judge people yeah. on the the opportunity yeah well said um, cool. Thanks so, so much for all your correspondence. We love all these discussions, conversations. Message us at the nightcap underscore pod. Uh, rate review us in all the usual places. Should we do a bit of top fives before we head yes, off? Yes, let's do it. So my top fives this week that Paul sent me was top five sort of kitchen equipment or or utens- or whatever. Yeah. Gadgets, whatever. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear this. Yeah, yeah. it was interesting because I, st- I, I started re- like writing it and then rewriting it and coming at it from different angles. But ev- eventually I just settled on five things that... In my kitchen, 
I like and feel I can't live without. Yeah. So they're not boring because it's not like, oh, I can't live without a fridge. Like, I'm not picking a fucking fridge. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, that's a standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, they're like things that like, you could live without them. But to me, they're like, if you just have one of these, like mm. you're sorted sort of yeah. thing. But yeah, a bit of a weird. And then I, I was just thinking, I was like, We've got a Michelin star chef on this podcast. Uh, we're listening to me talk about my favourite gadgets in a kid. Like, who the fuck? I was like, this is so pointless. But I was excited to do it. So here are mine. Honourable mentions. Just the one. Honourable mention to pasta machines. Yeah. Because uh, I've got one that's great. Mm. You don't have to spend a lot of money on a good one, no, which no, is no. nice. No. Super rewarding. Great. Interactive, especially for families, kids. Pasta is a cheap thing to make. It's eggs and flour on the bare bones of it. Quantities, obviously, whatever. But I don't get it out enough. And I I know I should. It takes a bit of time. It's one of those things where it's like, I've got an evening or I've got a Sunday afternoon. I want to make pasta. I'm going to do all this. Quick, you know, Thursday night meal or whatever. I'm I'm using dried every time. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I get that. I get that. But I do love having it, and it's every time I use it, I always I'm just like we should use this more. Mm. And so I know it's like I should be getting this. Yeah, I know what you mean. I wish it was. You know, I'm sort of jealous that obviously in Italy, like traditionally, like families, regardless of background, whether you're rich, poor, you you just grew up making pasta, and it's a part of life. Do it together. Just like hoovering your house is a part of life. (laughs) Yeah, it's just part of. And I wish that that same traditions existed in my mm-hmm. household or you know in this country. They just don't. It's not ingrained in me mm. enough to get it out all the time. But yeah, I love doing it when I do it. So pasta machines is my uh, honorable mention. Yeah, okay. good, good. Yeah, <laughs> this feels like such a weird one for me to be doing. <laughs> right, number five. <laughs> number five is a <laughs> a narrow <laughs> silicon spatula. Okay, so a high heat one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, narrow as in like as in they go like that really red thin. one over there or yeah, thinner yeah. yeah yeah no that like that where it goes super thin at the edges yeah 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 they are they're they're so multi-purpose but i didn't have one for years i i'd use wooden spoons or shit do you know what i mean yeah. just like whatever and then as soon as i got one it was like for every little job and then for scraping around the sides of bowls whether you're in a mixing stage or cooking on the stove yeah. stage it just the, the 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 sort of the neat freak in me yeah. loves using it because it makes me feel like I've got an artistic brush it, on it, everything. It does look tidy, yeah. and I you know I've always been on chefs with it of like yeah. you know even if you're making like a velouté and cleaning the yeah, side of the exactly. pan with it you know yeah. sat like drilled down to everyone because it's so thin at the edges it does it effortlessly but perfectly yeah. you don't miss a drop yeah. even when you're you know making a risotto where you're pouring stuff out to serve you don't miss a grain. No. You get every, or, or batter, like a baking batter. Get every bit. You get every single bit out with it. I can't not use it. Yeah. It pisses me off even yeah. around someone's house. And yeah. They don't even know. They just pour something and then put the bowl away. I'm put, like, and then they whack it. You're not going to marise that. It, whack it in the sink, fill yeah. it with water. It's like you've missed half a cupcake in yeah. there. Yeah. There's a portion there. <laughs> yeah, there is. Portion there. Yeah. And that, so that spatula, it is multi, you can use it for more things than you want, than you need, but it's just so accurate and so satisfying to use. Yeah, I can't cook without my hand. Yeah. Can't. Yeah, fair. Yeah. So that's number five. Yeah. Good one. Nice. Good one. Yeah. Cool. Glad you agree. Uh, number four. I'm going for a hand blender. Hand blender. Nice. I okay. Yeah, like, yeah, your, your little pulsy yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah. So generally got two settings. Hard, sort of a mm. medium and a super fast. I don't know why they bother with that. I know, yeah. I've never, Everything goes everywhere. Yeah, I've never used one of them. Do you mm. know what I mean? I just always use the same one. Yeah. But again, it's it's a good, you don't have to spend loads of money on one that's 
pretty decent. I don't have one of those giant proper fat blenders that takes up like a square meter of your kitchen surface. No. So it's like a good halfway house between that. But you can use it for loads of things if you're making soups, if you're doing... Yeah, even, if soups at home is fine, handy. Yeah, yeah. Get them out. You're not getting a whole big blender out and Absolutely. making a mess. Even even pure home purees, that if you did then pass it for a sieve after, mm. you can. But they still work for that initial phase if you go for a little bit of time. Mm. But it just takes up way less room than those massive... That's the only You've only got to wash the end bit as well. Yeah. You? Oh, and it's dishwasher. Pretty, like, <laughs> straight off, whack it in the dishwasher. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's a dream. So, but it's... It's like a perfect, it's not a hack, is it? But it's like, it does so many jobs that a normal blender would do without the hassle of having this giant thing taking up loads of room in your kitchen. And I yeah. don't have one anyway. So a hand blender is like a, it's just a great, yeah. useful. I don't have one at home at don't all. Don't you? Well, no, my Vita prep that I've got for home is here. No. Oh, <laughs> so, is, that the, is that the one that's like super? Super powerful, yeah. It's yeah. like a horse, yeah. it's got so horse we use power it upstairs, on the side. <laughs> but yeah, I need another one for home. Yeah, yeah. So a hand blender's. Enough. Good shout. Number three, I'm going to go with, and you can have anyone you want here, but I'm going to go with a coffee machine. Yeah. Because, like, I think it feels like we've got to leave instant coffee alone. I can't now. stand it. Yeah, I can't stand it. It's. I've never liked it. Never. But there was a time where I felt really like I sound like a snob saying that. Yeah, you're going, okay now, but, but it feels a few like years got, ago. Yeah, it feels yeah. like we've got over that hump. I, I grew up, my mum and like dad would have mellow birds like the worst instant oh, coffee it's like powder it's not yeah. even nescafe freeze dry. oh god yeah dreadful. but i i went through a stage a few years ago of like it was that where people were just starting to get on i'd had yeah. one a good few years and you go around someone's house and they'd offer you a coffee and you're like you're looking you first. are yeah <laughs> and you're like you can't see one so i'll have a tea because you think oh it's going to be instant and i yeah. hate it and then all of a sudden, they make themselves a lovely coffee machine around the corner. Yeah. They open a cup of door and they're there with brushes and the little. You know, but you don't want if they it. offer you a drink, you don't yeah. want a coffee. You don't want to be like, what, how have are you, you got, making? Uh, have it? you got a machine or instant? Yeah. Like you don't want to be that guy. Exactly. Back then, anyway. But so yeah, you, that's why I think it's so. If even if you're just having someone round for a coffee, or you've got people round for dinner and then you offer them coffees after, yeah, it's such a good hosty thing to do and people good really coffee, appreciate yeah. it yeah so I think even it's, like good good capsule machine that's all i've got yeah at home. that's and all i've got i've got great i've great. got an espresso machine it does the job i i i know it would be better if i had a proper ground thing and i yeah, but only the, if you're drinking volume because yeah. your beans just they just die yeah you yeah, know yeah. And it's not about just grinding them you'd want to grind them to order but opening the bag as soon as you open the bag as soon as you open the bag they've got a short shelf life yeah you yeah. can freeze them and stuff like that but it's for hassle consi- it's for hassle. consistency yeah. Yeah. the pods if you get good pods and a good machine they're great yeah absolutely great so i think it's a it feels like a no brain it's like one of the first things if i've moved out i was like right coffee machine where's that going oh yeah i take mine on holiday with me Did if you- i go on an england <laughs> holiday it goes with me that's great yeah because I, I i can't have like five six days without good coffee in the house so yeah, i'm going away with next week the kids and my mom and stepdad and we're going to to devon the coffee machine will be coming with me that is i am always if i go to I, cornwall it comes with i've me. never considered that before but now i know you do it i will consider it yeah and they're so slimline yeah. in the boot yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my frother yeah yeah i'm absolutely in so yeah number three we're going coffee machine nice okay so number two Number this two. is yeah number two and number one i think these are they are fun to an extent but they are so essential yeah so i'm going for a really good quality all-purpose knife yeah that can do every single job that you really like yeah, you don't need loads at home you <clears throat> no you really don't no. i really don't believe like, i don't believe you need loads at home 
No. And I would, it's one of those where I'd rather invest a lot of money into one knife that can do everything than like a nice set that does, you know, a fish knife I'm using twice a year. Like that's the reality <laughs> yeah. though, isn't it? I no, hope. it is. And so it's yeah, like, a bone-in knife, how often are you using that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'd, I'd just get a really good one that can do absolutely everything. So you you don't get uncomfortable bored just chopping, but you can also carve meat with it, keep yeah. it nice and sharp. It's just, it's boring. I've but got it's load, gotta be. loads at home. I probably use three. Yeah, really? Like I've got a serrated for bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I've got. Yeah, serrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, a couple of choppers, and I've got a little pair of that. That's yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. I've got, I've got like a massive like salmon knife and everything. But these are ones I've just picked up over the years or get given sets and things, a so random selection at home. But no, you're right. You don't yeah, need I can those. imagine that's how it happens for chefs. But yeah, but yeah for, I think for like just. At home, you just need one really good one. Yeah, you're right. So that's number two. Boring, but it's sort of right, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be up there. Now, number one, I realised, because uh, I, I didn't want to put like an oven mm. or a, do you know, do you, a fry. Yeah, again, it's a standard like fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're there. These appliances are there. Yeah. So I was thinking, what do I, yeah, like the spatula's great. I use that all the time, all these sorts of, but I was like, if there's only one thing I really need, but also like to use all the time to make everything... I'm going number one for a shallow casserole pan. It's my number one kitchen gadget. Yeah, I'm think I'm talking like a 24 centimeter at least. Yeah, right. So like that, you you know what I mean anyway. But like this style, Sartus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Did not know what that is. It's like it's a wide saucepan with straight edges, not sauté, and not not deep. deep. Exactly. Yeah. So it's Sartus. Yeah. So it's it's sort of the best of. Both worlds, because I was thinking, oh, frying pan. But then I was thinking, yeah, but I could, you know, it's it's too shallow to do other thi- mm. other things with. And even, obviously, it's great for tossing, and this isn't. Yeah, but I can get away with that because I've got my lovely spatula. Yeah, to <laughs> go, around, go around the edges with. But it's like, yeah, I can use it as a frying pan if I was just frying some eggs in it. Obviously, you could because it's basically a glory. It's like a frying pan from that yeah. instance. But then it's also a pot. I could make a stew in there. I could make risottos. I could Perfect do all for these curries. Shallow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shallow, large surface area. Yeah. Massively essential. Yeah. But I was honestly thinking like... I could get rid of every single pot in my whole kitchen and just have that. And there's nothing I couldn't use it for. Yeah, but if you're doing a braise as well, what's good about them is like you can say, I don't know, you're braising oxtail or something. You can sear it all in yep. a, and then deglaze and get the veg in and Absolutely. just use the one pan rather than frying pan then into a casserole. Yeah. Because a traditional casserole, you're not searing in generally. No, exactly. Uh, yeah, so a, you know, a rump steak joint, render yeah, the fat yeah. down on there, but then also transfer that to the oven without yeah, switching yeah. pans. No, great. It's just, that feels like the number one, it's like my go-to, like just get that out of the drawer to start doing what, you know, I'm just yeah. getting, just sweating off some onions no. and stuff in there with great. my lovely spatula around the edges. <laughs> that's just that, that's all I need. Nice. That is the number one. Nice. Like, is that boring? But it's a casserole, but shallow it's casserole. Boring. It's your list, mate. It's, it's fine. It's what I feel like that's it's your go-to. Yeah, that is my go-to. No, but I can appreciate it. They're very useful. It's also one of those. That I, I Not got, many people have those style of pans. That's what I was going to say. So I, I bought a lovely pro cook set yeah. of like three saucepans, a large frying pan, a small frying pan, a stock pot with steamer attachments, yeah. and then that. Now that wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. It was like, oh, it comes with that sort of thing yeah and I've ended up using it more than any of the others uh, but I just yeah. bought it because it was part of the set and I was like oh, that's great but then it's it's turned into like my my MVP of my uh, cookware so brilliant there you go number five nice silicon spatula number four hand blender three coffee machine <laughs> <laughs> it does sound weird doesn't it? number two uh, good quality all purpose knife and number one 
A 24 centimetre shallow casserole pan. Centimeter. What was it called? <laughs> Sartus. A Sartus. Yeah. I'll call it that from now on, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, they're my top fives. Um, right, top five for you next week. Uh, what do I have? Oh yeah, Paul messaged us with a good suggestion here. Culminates with, it sort of combines a few of the things we might have done, done in the past, but I think this is really good because it it might, you know, sort of give some stories. But I want the top five places in the world for food. Oh, wow. Okay. So this, I mean, countries is probably a bit too generic and in some places won't work. Like you couldn't say yeah. America, could you? Because I mean, what, I mean, where do you even begin? Yeah, so, I mean, it's so, only 200 years old or something, again, isn't it? it? It's, yeah, it, it's yeah. your list, but it's like a place in the world you would go to. Or, or is it, have I had to have been there? Don't don't know. No. It's okay. your list. So it's, right. it's like the five places for, for like you've either so, been or you want to go. I imagine yeah. it'll be narrowed down to more like the cities or the towns uh, right? yeah, or the regions rather than just like the whole of India because it's mental. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? But okay. Top right. five places in the world for food. All right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. It's lovely. Cool. Uh, I think that's about it. Thanks again for all your questions. At the nightcap underscore pod, send them to us on Instagram, Twitter, all the usual places. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We will always read those out. I think that's about it. All done. Yeah. Nice Brilliant. one. Brilliant. Thank you. See you next week. Cheers.